Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. That's right. We are back. And boy, has it been an adventurous week in across all of college golf, but especially NCAA Division Three golf. But would like to stop first and make a very good and exciting introduction to one of our newest member of the D3 Golf Guys. He is a former Division Three player, All-American, national champion, Division Three coach, and Division Two coach. So he's an official driver of vans and deliverer of snacks. His name is Eric Quinn. Eric, welcome to the D3 Golf Guys. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So uh, it, just for his name, his name is Eric Quinn, but he will probably go by Quinn fairly often on this podcast, as you will find out. Much like I will probably not always be Mike, but that will be fine. So, Mr. Quinn, uh, quite an adventure out there this week, wouldn't you say? Lots of going on. You know, there's a lot's going on. Um, you know, I, I really think um, there was a lot of good golf played. But, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, just a few different things we need to talk about just in the golf world, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just a few, but just a few. But just, before we get to that, before we get to that, <laughs> let's let's remind everybody that we do have a T public site out there for D three golf guys. If you so, if you need one of these fabulous Division three golf guy T shirts, so that you can wear them to and from the, your tournament as you return with your trophies out there, folks. We put out links on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us up on T public. You can get your D three golf guys T shirts. We've got more stuff coming as we go, more uh, creation as we continue down this path. But for those of you out there looking for some D3 Golf Guys swag, there's 20% off on this website right now. So go hit up our, D- our D3 Golf Guys T public site and pick up your Division 3 Golf Guys t-shirt today. All right. Get so even the, even the towels. That's well, towels the towels are, towels are different. Towels are different on the website. We're going to have more, more to do about the <laughs> towels here, but... Coach Quinn's going to get a, a a box of towels. I'm I'm sure here soon, but that's right. So the biggest story over the last week has been the the, the failure of live scoring across all of college golf in in the institution of spike mark from moving from golf stat. All right. So first. One, um, this is a huge deal. I actually had lunch today with a division one golf coach by happenstance. And all we talked about for 20 minutes was the spike mark situation. Now, uh, nobody's seeking ill will to anybody at spike mark. We just want it to work. And and I think that was the sentiment that I saw across the country. And, and you know, there's golf sickos like Quinn and I, who, you know, we, we want live scoring because we're going to follow along shot by shot and hole by hole. And, you know, they're, they're, those of us that are, are golf sickos, that's fine. But what I think the biggest biggest thing that got the concern of the entire you know sport up and running is like we leveraged that program to run golf tournaments, and you know it allows us to run golf tournaments with a very small staff. I mean, the Division One women's coach that I had lunch with today was like, "Yeah, I, we run golf tournaments with one or two people because we had all the electronic scoring and everything else." Uh, you know, Quinn, you've been a coach. It was right. It, it, now, Quinn's a little bit old enough just to remember the days back before we had everybody had the scores in their phones. And I was running tournaments back in those days. It was a nightmare. You had to have five or six people. I mean, if you look at uh, Transy's event, as they were communicating out, you could see they had seven or eight people in there because you got to 
count scores. They had 36 in one day trying to figure out, do they repair? What do they do? How do we keep track of the scores? And I think, I think when you look at the, the impact of this, it's yeah. Live scoring is a big deal, but, but it's more about running the tournaments and, and scores and pairings and tea times and that kind of stuff. I mean, Quinn, you've been in that position. I mean, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be like, oh my God, I figured out the day the day of the tournament that we can't use a, use the electronic scoring. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the the biggest thing for me, uh, when, when you're running a tournament, especially at you know the Division three level, I think that's the hard part is that we don't have as many volunteers at, you know, Division two, Division one level. So, you know, we're working with, you know, one, two, three people that are trying to run an entire golf tournament. And I think when you can't get scorecards, you can't get, you know, uh, scorecards in, you can't get the scoring in, anything like that. I think that I think that really affects the golf tournament. I think it really affects like what we're able to do, you know, as Division three schools. Well, and just to confirm, my, my Division One friend today was saying that they are in the same, exact same boat. Now that's on the women's side, but still, that, you know, I mean, if, if we we've been in tournaments where lately where we can run an entire conference tournament with one non-coach person because they were in charge yeah. of golf stat, we had everything fit feeded in. Exactly, and, and I think that's the thing that I think got everybody upset. Is I'm not sure everybody appreciated sort of what was underneath all that live scoring as, as we went across that. And, and look, I'm rooting for spike Mark to be successful. I, I want it to be a better, more accessible app and all of this stuff, but it, it, you know, they sent out a, a, a memo today to a lot of the coaches and it sounds like it may not be up and running for another week. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and, and, you know, I think that's where the, the hard part comes in is, you know, where, you know, a lot of coaches are counting on that. And I, it, it just, I, you know, me personally, like I said, same thing with you. I want Spike Mark to be, you know, what it was proposed to be. And I just want it to be, you know, <laughs> what they said, because that's the hard part is that we're all counting on it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a big deal. Um, we, you know, we need to get it working right. Um, you know, they mentioned something about a cyber event. They they said stated today that there was no uh, no loss of data or or personal information with any of the players and coaches, which is good. Um, you know, as somebody from the business world, like myself, you know, testing and, and stress testing your software and things like that. That's those are things that are standard operating practice in the in the business world. It, it doesn't feel like we got all the way there on this one. And that's a little disappointing when I'm not sure everybody realized how important that it is. Um, you know, I've seen some people go back to golf stat. Um, I've seen some people use golf genius, which my old country club used to run our member guest tournament, which is awesome. Uh, I've seen all kinds of other stuff where people are just trying to, they're trying to run their tournament. I think that's the biggest thing. It's really not about live. We, we didn't have live scoring a lot, but, be able to run the tournament is more important. You know, I mean, I th- thank goodness for, for coach lane and the team at transy. And, uh, and, and I, as we tweeted out, we're, we're we feel comfortable that the women's nationals were going to go smoothly because we have lane live scoring, which was uh <laughs> coach lane finding his, uh, his files from 2012 on how to print out the scoreboards and, and, and scorecards. 
Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, we've got a couple weeks until Gate City, which is a big tournament in the South. Um, you know, uh, Gustavus and St. John's just played each other. I, you know, I did I get the scores? Yeah, I got the scores because I have all that. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Do we have to go back and put all this data back in? Who, where are we going? But it, I was astonished to hear that even at the Division One ranks, that there's a lot of people who are frustrated with it. And I think that's the issue, right? I don't think anybody's mad. I think they're just frustrated, kind of going, "Wait a minute, we, we didn't we didn't have this tested out before we started the season in earnest." That that feels like a, a an oversight. Yeah, I mean, I I think we, you know, I think we should give them the benefit of the doubt. I think you know it was a, a very hard weekend for them. You know, obviously, um, I think they handled it well. I think they, you know, definitely were at least talking to the people, you know, as as much as they could. Yeah, I think you know, the, the communication was good. Yeah, I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would say the communication was good. And I think that they'll get it figured out because now they kind of know what, you know, I mean, golf is, uh, it's kind of a juggernaut when it comes to <laughs> you know, your server farm or, you know, whatever, you know, you know, how many computers you have to have or how much, you know, bandwidth you have to have going forward. So I think, I think it kind of was a test run for them. And I think going forward that they actually will get it, get it going. And we, we do have other platforms that we can use in that downtime. And I think that's, you know, definitely a good thing, but, you know, I, I, I hope that they get it going forward. All right, so we'll we'll keep doing that, and, and shout out to some of my coaches who are like, you know, have they reaching out to me, going, "Have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? Has it come up yet?" I'm like, guys, I know I know less than you guys too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're but, not we're uh, not getting the, we're not getting the emails. <laughs> well, actually, uh, yeah, I, I got the emails pretty quick from from those of us out there. But the good news is we do have some results to talk about tonight. Uh, we're also going to touch in because the polls finally came in uh, since our last result. Um, and so we've got some of those kinds of updates. And then we have a great interview that I actually got to sit down with Coach Hearn from Randolph-Macon, who both Quinn and I have known uh, in our previous life in, in coaching. So uh, it's a great conversation with him. He's running the women's program at Randolph-Macon. So I'm excited to kind of bring that all to you. So with that, let's let's jump into some polls because that is where I'm really excited about. Uh, let's start with the men's side because I've got the kind of the top 16 here. Uh, the way they were presented was hard to kind of get it. I thought it found it interesting that uh, Golf Week had them out before uh, the GCAA had them had them on their website, which I, I felt like that may have been uh, a good uh, Big J journalism scoop going on there. But yeah, that was a that was a that was definitely a big surprise. It was. It, it followed shortly after, but it was kind of like I got it and I went instantly went to my the Golf Coaches Association website. And went uh, wait a minute, it's not here. Why? It's on Golf Week though. Uh, okay, so. So number one, without much surprise, Carnegie Mellon at the top. In Division Three, if you return enough people and you won last year, you're usually ranked number one or number two unless unless it was pretty close in that. So not not a big surprise, Carnegie at one. Number two, Methodist. Look, look, we could put Methodist at the top of the board every year. They have more guys try out for their team than anybody probably in all of Division Three. Coach Conley has won a double digit national championships. Like, so it's, it's not a surprise when Methodist is in the top of the, of the poll. They're going to be top five, no matter what. 
I mean, preseason, yeah, preseason every year. Top five doesn't matter, right? They're going to be there. If and when Coach Conley ever retires, and if they get a, and for some reason get rid of the PGM program, which they never will, then we can talk. But until then, <laughs> yeah. they're probably until preseason then, top five. They're, they're top five, doesn't matter. Uh, okay, but the interesting thing here is Emory is number three. So Coach Schoberg, who is a good friend of ours and, and friend mm-hmm. of the program, uh, they actually got more first-place votes than Methodist, which I thought was very interesting. But again, they were really good last year. They've been good. They've kind of been trending in this direction. So Emory, number three, you know, not a huge surprise. I mean, I, I would say with Emory, I think the, the one thing they have to do to get to that final, you know, being the, in the number one spot, they have to finish. Yeah. They've, they've been number one all year. And then, you know, we just, we got to get that national championship. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of the big thing that's kind of eluding them there. Um, is they've won a lot of tournaments. They just haven't won that that big one at the end yet. Yeah. Um, okay. Number four is is what we would expect. A little California flavor. Claremont Mud Scripts from from California. Number four. They got one first place vote. Also, you know, we talked about Claremont in the in, the, in our preview pod. That they're going to be good. It's going to be interesting to see them come come east, um, especially during the preview. And I think they're making one other trip east. Uh, this year but that'll be that'll be interesting as we kind of get into that space number five is illinois wesleyan you know with proven record they've got good guys coming back they've got added freshmen i think i saw they played in some exhibitions over the weekend that were some good scores so illinois wesleyan is going to be good they always are i I really kind of like them a lot this year um i think they're going to be able to kind of lay in the weeds a little bit more than normal which is hard to say that because they they did a good job of that when they won national championships. Uh, okay, Th- then this is where it gets interesting. Number six, Guilford, and we talked about Guilford in the preview pod. They got a lot of guys, they got all five guys coming back, so that's yeah. where you would see them kind of escalate up. Um, which I think is is good. You know, I, what I think is you look in that North Carolina region, that that area where you have the ODAC and you've got uh, USA South, and now the the new conference that Piedmont and, and Huntington are in, you know, I think getting some of that broken up is good for them from a nationals perspective, but they're all going to play. And I'm going to be hard pressed to, to think Guilford's not one of the favorites early in the South. I, I think they're going to have to go head to head against Methodist and Emory, but boy, they return a lot of players that I think are pretty good. Uh, you know, the one thing for me with Guilford and just, you know, for my, you know, from coaching against them and, you know, obviously playing against Guilford when I was there and, and, and stuff like that. I think with Guilford, they just, they're, it's hit or miss. They're, they're going to be really good or they're going to die by, you know, going for everything. They're going to go with every flag, you know, and I, and I think with, with Guilford, it's when they're really good, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, Gilf- Guilford tends to pop when they have a lot of talent. And, yeah. and and so I and think I, they're I think, really talented this year. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think with you know returning all those guys, I think that's the thing is that they're they're going to be really dangerous. Yeah, you know they might be they might be you know six right now, but I think you know come let's say October they might be number one. Yeah, with the veteran team, I expect them to have a pretty good fall. Because I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to have to figure out the lineup a whole lot, but but we'll see. Yeah. You know, they, I, it's been a very good recruiting year, 
it mm-hmm. for freshmen across all of Vision 3, which is why I think number seven is where they are as Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe gets Michael O'Sullivan back on an extra year. Uh, yeah. But we've heard from a couple different people. They've got big-time freshmen coming in, and they might be playing closer to the top of the lineup. Um, so Oglethorpe at seven. Uh, interesting. One of the people in our results tonight is Wittenberg, who's tied for eight with Christopher Newport. Now, you know, Witt- Wittenberg performed really, really well this, th- in this, this week. Um, so th- I think they've got a good chance to kind of dominate the Ohio conference area. Interesting mm-hmm. that Christopher Newport's up here with their losses of Alex Price and everybody else. I, I, you know, I, I think this is more of a, you were up here last year. We don't want to, we're not going to drop you too far until we see you. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, oh, but they still got uh, 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 Norin, mm-hmm. that's, you know, still in the lineup. I mean, he was a heck of a player. You know, um, I, I, I really think that, I think they're still going to be very, very good. And, and they kind of have, you know, that kind of program where they keep bringing people back in. And, and, and you know, they've definitely, um, you know, done that over the past couple of years. But, you know, I think um, – uh, that it may be a little too high for him. I think, I think, you know, starting off at like a 12 or a 13 might've been more of the yeah. proper place, but it, it, again, I, I think much with all college sports, you, you get some credit for what you did last year, even though you turn over a quarter of your, of your, of your kids every year. So, Oh yeah. We'll, oh, we'll yeah. see. Interesting here is Piedmont ranked 10th. Now they bring Josh back, but our good friend, JP Kirshner has decided to leave Division three for the uh, Division one ranks at Colgate. Uh, yeah. Now, JP, we're going to miss you. And, and by the way, you can you can leave Division three, but it'll never leave you. So we know you're listening, and we wish you the best. Go kick all those Division one guys uh, butts in the Northeast. But that's right. We're, we're going to miss you in the Division three ranks. <laughs> you know they they lose they lose JP as coach, and 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 they have a, a couple other guys graduate. You know, I think it would be interesting, Piedmont. I think they'll still be there. It's going to be them in Huntington in that conference with LaGrange. They got a good chance to come out of there. It's going to be really, I think, on Piedmont, it's going to be how they do the in the fall. Yeah, I mean, you know, JP, what he did at Piedmont, I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, you know, it, it went like he took that team from, you know, a 50th ranked team to a top 10. And and that and that was unbelievable. So, I mean, what he did in Demarest was awesome. Yeah. So you know, I, I, you know, I'm excited to see what we, you know what they can actually do. You know, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what you know the new coach they bring in, like who you know who it is. I, I'm not sure if they have brought I one in yet. I don't know they have a permanent permanent uh, solution yet there, but we'll see. Yeah. So I, you yeah. know, I'm, I, but I'm just I'm just excited to see what they can actually do because I mean they can shake up the whole <laughs> South, you know, Southeast region. Yeah. It, what interesting here is, is what I, I'm going to go down the list a little bit more, but the, I think the biggest snub in the poll by far is number 11, St. John's, Minnesota. I agree. They, they're a top five team last year and they brought back a ton of guys. And when we talk about the results, they just put up against Gustavus in a head to head matchup in Minnesota this past weekend. Well, I don't, this, this is the biggest miss by the committee. I've seen because they should be probably three or four in the country, in my opinion. I mean, well, I mean, they shot what nine under, I mean, they shot like two seventy nine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it just, I mean, they beat Gustavus, which has been a 
crazy good team. I mean, St. Shane Johns has been they there. They beat him. They beat him by seven, 17. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. I mean, it it's it just a. I agree with you. I think it is a snub. Yeah. They did get one vote for uh, first, which is interesting to be all the way down at eleven. So. You know, I, I sometimes we forget about the northern schools, but uh, if you can go back and look at the last, well, actually you can't because those results are all gone. But uh, if you go back and remember uh, who finished where in the last couple of years in nationals, St. John's is in the top ten every time. Yes, so, St. John's. I mean, uh, saying that's St. St. Thomas was always up there. Yeah, St. Thomas has moved to Division One now. Well, so yeah, no, they're, they're Division One. But I'm saying, like, I mean, even the Minnesota schools know, can play. Yep. Yeah. They, they play schools, golf. They, they schools can play. Yeah, yeah, twelve is Washington Leaf. Huntington's at thirteen. You know, fair. I'm surprised to see Huntington down this low, but you know, I think that's just. I, I we'll give it a couple of weeks. You know, I don't spend too much time on the polls until we get back to closer to October. But yeah. when we had the first poll kind of come out, that that's kind of where we are. Rounding out the top fifteen was Texas, Dallas, and then uh, the Rochester or RPI. Um. So which is the Rochester Polytechnic Institute, I believe. I, I could uh, be wrong. Or no, Renzelar. Sorry, Renzelar. Yeah. Sorry, I got that one wrong. See, I got the hard part right. The Polytechnical <laughs> Institution, it was the yeah. other people. Um, exactly. So I, I think from a mend perspective, if you go back to listen to our podcast on sort of what we thought the top teams are, we're pretty much in line. Like I said, I think the one big miss there was St. John's. Okay, let's go over to the women's side. Uh, and then we can start to get into some results. but. On the women's side, number one preseason Emory University, and boy, they didn't disappoint this this weekend already. But they've been really good. They brought in the five girls from well, two years ago. They're now all juniors, and they know what's going on and where they are, and they are awesome. Oh, I mean Sharon Sharon Moon. I mean, uh, that's a girl that I thought was going to Georgia. Yeah, like University of Georgia. Okay. <laughs> well, nope. Like we Emory. we didn't we didn't even recruit her at all. She's gonna be probably gonna be end up being a doctor, so she went to go to Emory instead. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, she, uh, yeah, she incredible incredible team. I mean, just incredible I mean, situation. It's, it's been incredible five solid, five Incre- solid for three years now. Yeah, incredible situation for that school. Yep. Number two in the poll was University of Redlands, which I, you know we California schools are going to represent in the ladies this year they're really good they do man it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see sort of and and we'll we'll go through this throughout the year but one of the things we're gonna have to look at is who's gonna end up in pool c from california and doesn't get the automatic qualifier and was that the team that came east and played an event and and did those kinds of things you know i think yeah when we think about the the fall preview at 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 keen trace in for transies hosting in, in Lexington, I think at least two of them are going to be there. I don't know if all three, but that will be a very big tournament to think about Pool C as we kind of go forward. So that'll be something we'll continue to talk about. Hmm. Uh, then we get into the the usual suspects uh, in the top five. Wash U at three, again, rock solid. Uh, George Fox, defending national champions from last year. And a few years before that, Mackenzie Tool won individual. So, I mean... George Fox has been a top 10 perennial program, but they finally kind of broke through this past year uh, yeah. as a team. Carnegie Mellon, we had we had Coach Dan on uh, uh, you know last week on the podcast. I mean, they're they're number one in the men's poll and number five in the women's poll. That's 
getting it done. Um, ah, that's yeah, that's that's incredible. They're going to be really good again. Um, and so I kind of look at that. Then then we get into the two other California schools, Pomona Pitzer and Claremont Mud Scripps, um, which again the California schools are there. And so what you know if we if you go back to listen to the conversation we had with Dan Rogers. I think you're starting to see sort of the depth of the women's game because we haven't mentioned a name yet that is always at the top of the list, which is Methodist. They are currently 10th in the women's poll. Now, do I believe they will stay 10th? No, I do not. They they will have everything else. And I believe we're going to try to get the women's coach from Methodist on the podcast here soon to talk about sort of their program. But eight is Washington and Lee, who's got a great program. And then nine is our friends in Minnesota, St. St. Catherine university, St. Kate's uh, hung out with me in Houston a couple years ago at nationals. Yeah. Uh, they've been kind of on the, you know, on the, on the trail coming in ready to go. So, you know, I look at the top 10 in the ladies and I go, okay. And then you come down to 12 and you see center after University of Texas at Dallas 11, center at 12. When we talk about results here in a little bit, you're going to hear center's name above a whole bunch of people. Uh, and then and then you had the, the good two pairings with Williams and Amherst. And, and I, you're, when we hear our interview later today with, with Coach Hearn, he's actually going to go up to uh, Williams' tournament where it's going to be Williams versus Amherst. And I think somebody else is showing up at that tournament. But, I mean, it's going to be – Head to head, knockdown, drag out. Williams and Amherst. It's going to be who gets the automatic qualifier, and then who gets to play in Pool C. Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> the one the one team that surprises me there. Uh, for me personally, I think it's George Fox. You know, they're not returning as many players as they should. You know, I mean, they're they, you know they got four out of five, but they're losing their like workhorse basically, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, I think that's a big one. And then on top of that too, wash you, I think, you know, they're losing their absolute workhorse. They're losing Annie mascot, which I mean, she's a incredible player. And I think, you know, that's, that's the one ranking that I, that I think, I, I, I think they're a top 10 team. I don't know if they're a top five. Well, well, we'll talk a little bit more about them as we get into some of the results. But I, I think that's kind of when you look at it, Illinois Wesleyan rounds out the top 15 on the women's side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I but I look at that and go, look at what has happened in the women's game to where we got 15 teams who can legitimately play. And as Coach Rogers talked about on the podcast last week, that used to not be the case. It used to be which three or four we're going to win, which one of the three or four we're going to win the national championship. It's, it's much deeper than it ever has been. Um, oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, if you look at the results from this past week, I mean, I don't know if we want to go into results yet, but yeah, let's, let's talk about results. But first, for, before we get to the D three pure results, we have to talk about one division one result, which is a rarity on this podcast. <laughs> but we need to shout out to our guy, Alex Price, who graduate transferred to LSU and won his very first Division One tournament. I'm not going to lie. I was sitting at my office and I'm sitting there looking at the computer. I'm looking at golf stat and because it was actually on golf stat. Yep. Um, and I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, Alex Price. Wait, is that? 
to Alex Price that was a Division three golfer, and now yeah. he's at LSU, and he just shot 65-66, and he just won the tournament. Yes. It's that's, like, holy it's that crap. Alex Price. Yes, that <laughs> Alex Price. That Alex had, Price. Right. Who we had on our podcast, uh, season three, episode two, right after he got done with uh, the amateur. So you can go back and listen to that podcast. It was from September 5th of 2022. So, uh, almost exactly a, you know, a year ago where we had Alex on the podcast when he was with Christopher Newport, he had a great year last year and he gets the senior transfer. Cause I think LSU went out and found, all right, let's go find the best division three player that we, that still has eligibility <laughs> left. Let's go out and find the best division two player. We have eligibility left. Uh, so they, they went to the transfer portal in, in, in the hard way, but congratulations to Alex. I know his dad, David listens. Um, so we're super excited for him and that was awesome. And just goes to show you, it, there's, there's not a big difference between division three and division one. Not, not, no? not anymore. I, I would say when, you know, when you were going to school or when I was going to school, I think it might've been. Yeah. But, well, I mean, you know, when I went to school, we had hickory sticks and featheries <laughs> and and that kind of stuff. So that, playing, that may not care. Yeah, you were playing balada balls. <laughs> Actually, yes, I was playing balada balls. Thank you very much. Yeah, with, yeah. with lots of pleats in your pants, really slow you down as you transition through. So that's right. <laughs> but all right, so let's get into some uh, results here. Let's let's go to Lane Live Scoring dir- direct from Transy in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, from our good friend Coach Lane. Coach Lane was having, they were tweeting out, they were, they had people texting in scores. They were holding up pieces of paper in front of the camera in order to, to, to tweet out live scoring. It was awesome. The, the team at Transy is great. Coach Lane's one of our favorite people. Uh, of course. And so let's talk a little bit about sort of what, what went on first. Let's do the ladies first. We can kind of talk about, you know, the team scores and we can go with a little bit of the, the individuals we're working off of some 2012 uh, uh excel files here so uh we'll, but eric you want to take the women's scores from transy yeah for sure i mean we'll, we'll go through the top five um so you know we have roads obviously you know they came out on top kind of came back to where you know i mean they've dominated the women's game for the past i'd say five years or so um you know, they, they came out in the first round, 306, second round, 315, and then round three, 312. Um, we have uh, Swanee that came in second uh, at 320, 315, and then 305. And then Piedmont came on top of that with 320, 314, 318, which is, you know, I, I, I think is a big improvement, you know, I, I don't know what they got in the water up in Demarest, but I think uh, <laughs> they got something good going on there for sure. That's right. Um, and then we have uh, DePaul that came in at 329, 321, 310. And then uh, Barry College rounding out the um, top five with uh, 317, 319, 325. Yeah, they were tied with, uh, with Transy there. Uh, yeah. Our good and our good friends at Rose Holman finished in after that. You know, I think you're right. It was interesting because, you know, if you think back to maybe five to six years ago, Rhodes was in the top three or four, and yes. they they've yeah. had some transition. We we know some people there now. C- Coach Campbell, nod to you, uh, but you know, I, it's good to see them kind of coming back and, and really getting in that uh, in, in the mix again. And, and you know, the other thing that I really like to see there is 
it's you know once you kind of get outside that top three it, you know everybody was in four shots of each other for from four to to, to seven so it, it's gotten close. you know i mean from from even when i was coaching i think that was you know the big thing for me was you know usually when you went to a tournament there was a big difference between the top five and the top 10 and i think that's the big thing that we're we're getting into now is that you have very good players at every school Mm -hmm. you know a lot of kids are not just going division one you know they're not going division two they're deciding to go to division three because they can actually get a really good education but on top of that play golf at a high level yeah i think i think women's golf you know i know uh the scores in men's golf has you know gone crazy like i mean you know guys shooting 63 and 65 and stuff like that but i think in women's golf it's actually gotten uh, a lot better when it comes to we have more girls shooting 72 and you know actually shooting under par and um i think it's i think the disparity has has kind of gone down a little bit yeah and you know i think what division three did a couple years ago with the yardage and and putting some stats behind it and, and doing that is is empowering that effort i think some that's not to diminish what the ladies are doing because they're still striking the ball and getting in the hole uh, but yeah. i do think that that's made a big difference in that we were we're letting the ladies play the ladies game not not letting not forcing the ladies to play the men's game which i think is the biggest piece there I, and i agree i mean well i mean we probably wouldn't even shoot these scores at the at the, at the yardage these ladies are playing so <laughs> <laughs> nope 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 so um no, but then, you know, so uh, we'll go down the top 10 of the ladies that, uh, you know, in this tournament. So we have uh, Aaron Donovan from Piedmont. Uh, we have Tegan Fritz, but she actually won the playoff. So Tegan in- ended up winning from Barry. Uh, Megan Morris from Rhodes. Um, we have Amira Smiley from Transy. We have Caroline. And if I butcher this last name, it's okay. I'm I've been sorry. doing it. I've been doing it for four years now. It, it, uh, Tam Burst to win. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. Um, you know, Becky Williams from DePaul at six. We have Merrick Simmons from you know at seven. We have Jane Stills from Swanee at eight. Elizabeth Ma, and what school is that? That's Rose Holman. That's the Rose Holman Rose Hol- Institute yeah, of Technology. Rose yeah. Yes. Um, and then we have uh. Sydney Bowers and Barry at, at yep. uh, number 10. So, I mean, you know, and look, it, it, you had to break 80 all three rounds in order to get in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, that it, that's, that's pretty good. All right. So let's, let's jump over to the transy men's side, the, the men's side of the tournament. So there are a lot of teams there. They were playing, they played 36 the first day and followed it up with 18. <laughs> uh, McDaniel comes in from Maryland and wins the tournament by one stroke. So now imagine that you have no live scoring and, and, and there's there's five shots di- difference between first and fourth. This is like back in the day when I, when I was joking with somebody online. I'm like, you have to go back and teach the kids the old hand signals like we used to do across the across the fairway. I'm one over. I'm, t- I'm one under. Uh, I'm, I'm two up on my guy, you know. Yeah, we, uh, used, to, we used to flap to show it. like, you know, that we made a birdie. <laughs> Uh, so McDaniel comes away with the win. They go 290, 282, 290. Uh, Webster, the Gorlocks, 
uh, end up finishing second by one shot, uh, 295, 287, and then uh, uh, just roaring back on the third day at 281. Uh, it's so just amazing. You, 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 you beat a team by nine strokes on the last day and you lose by one. That's a, that's, that's a, that's one you go back and go, Oh man, I wish we had, I wish we had something there the first day, but, uh, transies, uh, for, uh, a team comes in at, at eight sixty four, So only two shots out of first two eighty four, two ninety two, two eighty eight. Then Greensboro at four, two eighty nine, two eighty five, two ninety three. Uh, center comes in at at eight seventy five. They come in at fifth place, two ninety, two eighty six, two ninety nine. Then you get Kenyon after that. Central from Iowa, there Rhodes, uh, Maryville, Rose Holman, Spalding, uh, my favorite Division three school from the state of Kentucky because I, I get to go Spalding, uh, DePaul, Earlham, Franklin, uh, Transies B team, Ohio Wesleyan, Hanover, and Mount St. Joe's round out the the team there. Uh, so, you know, I think when you look at that, it really, really good playing uh, from from the team there. Uh, and, and I'm going to struggle to get some of the names down on the individuals because uh, we were working up, a, I think, a, a picture of a piece of paper, <laughs> which, which is, is, is about as good as we were going to do this week. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's what we got. So the, the, Wonka, I think, is his name from Webster. Uh, he wins the tournament with a 205. Uh, Warwick from Greensboro, 69, 68, uh, 70, which is really good. Um, Schultz from McDaniel finishes third. Uh, Acres from center finishes fourth. Uh, Dobamaker from central finishes fifth. Um, for those of you down the line, I apologize, but I'm, I'm struggling to read even this one. So, uh, we will, we, we will get better as we go, but unfortunately, this is part of the, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what we got right now. <laughs> what we got from Spike Mark uh, situation going on right, right now. Okay, so that is our uh, the Transy tournament just north of there by about mm, two to three hours. Uh, Denison was hosting two different tournaments. They had a men's tournament and a women's tournament. Now, the women's tournament was a very very big deal. The Lynn Schweitzer. So Quinn, I know you were following along as best you could with that one. Why don't you take us through that? I was. So, uh, you know, I mean, you had all the heavy hitters. So you had Emory, you had Center, you had Washington, St. Louis, you had Methodist, Denison, Christopher Newport, Lynchburg. I mean, any big, like big time Division three school you could think of. Um, I mean, Emory was putting up D1 numbers. I mean, uh, to say the least. I mean... 291, 292, they come out with the victory. Insane. They win by I mean, 26 shots. Yeah. 26 shots. I mean, just out of this world. Uh and then, you know, I mean, I, I'll say this. They were in the conference that I played in. Sitter surprised me. They come out with 306, 303. They that finished was, second. That's the big one for me. We just That's, talked about we just talked about where they were in the poll, and they came out and they beat WashU, Methodist, Denison, Christopher Newport. Yeah, boom. I mean, it, it it was like that to me to see that result. I was like, I I I didn't know what to say. I was, you know, I thought with losing, you know, uh, obviously Sutter, 
Yeah, she left the year before. She yeah. went to Louisville, but yeah, yeah but, you know but they I had mean, some like, people losing. hang out, hang around. So you know, yeah. you you think about centers women, Grace Walker, and you know, friend of the show, Margaret Butts. Uh, they had the yeah. Morgan girl as well. They, they're good. I I didn't expect this from them. That's and that's what I'm saying too. Is that like I did not expect them to come out and like show up this heavy this quick. Um. And then he had Wash U. Uh, you know, they finished third and they were two strokes back from center. Uh, Methodist finished fourth, 307 through 12. Obviously, losing Julian Drinkard, you know, that's definitely a big hit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dennison finished fifth, 311, 310. Yep. Uh, on the individual side, you know, I mean, when <laughs> one of your. One of your players shoots 71-71. <laughs> it's pretty easy to win. Yeah, especially when, uh, especially when one of your other players finishes two shots back and finishes second solo. That's, exactly. So that's, you how had, you win, that's how you win by 26 shots. Yeah. Yeah, so top 10, you had uh, Sharon Moon shoot 71-71. You had uh, Esther Jung shoot uh, 74-70. Jenny Morgan from center, she went 74-72, which is a new face. Yeah. That we haven't seen yet. Uh, Sydney Kuo from, you know, Wash U, 75 71. Uh, Maggie Williams from Methodist, 71 76. Irene Wang from Emory, 73 75. Uh, Derek Achu from Emory, 73 76. And then you had Grace Walker, Anna Class, Emily Brubaker, and Reagan Robinson. Uh, they all finished at 151. Total for two days. So I mean, it, it just—I I love to see it. Just incredible golf. Yeah, you know I mean, that's you, that's the best part. I think you know, especially with the you know the new uh, yardage change. I just love seeing these kind of scores in Division Three golf. And I know the the caliber of player has gotten a little bit better, but I just love seeing these kind of scores because I think it it really helps out obviously in recruiting and stuff like that too, but it's just really cool to see. Absolutely. All right. So on the men's side up, up at Denison, the Ted Barclay invitational, uh, we, we talked about them in the, uh, in the poll conversation, but uh, Wittenberg decided to say, um, don't forget about us. We're, we're really good. Uh, Wittenberg comes out and goes two seventy nine. 288 567 that is getting it done uh they beat denison comes in second by 21 shots denison finishes second they denison shoots 299 289 588 that's like yes please if you're if i'm the coach like yeah great awesome we played great what do you mean we lost we lost by how many uh otterbein comes in third allegheny fourth wabash fifth muskegon Kenyon sent a B team, Shawnee State and Adrian uh, finishes out the the thing there. You know, I, I look in, at the individuals and Wittenberg goes one, two, tied for third. So John Aber from Wittenberg, pay attention to this name. John Aber from Wittenberg, 69, 69, 138. Wins by three over his teammate Josh Wright from Wittenberg, 68, 73. And then Mark Sulek from Wittenberg, 68, 74. Their first three scores on day one were 68, 68, 69, and a 74. They they threw out a 76. 
I mean, Brandon Weiss from Wabash, a good player, finishes also tied for third. Ian Johnston from Otterbein finishes fifth. Austin Greger, Wittenberg, 74. Uh, Drew Brasky from Denison and Andrew Gallagher from Denison also finished tied for sixth. Ninth was Jack Urosik from Denison. Uh, Andrew Slade uh, is an individual from Denison and Zachary Melzar from Allegheny round out the top 10. Um, but I mean, it, hey, like that's just getting it done. I mean, getting it done. Yeah. Now, the, the only other thing that we need to talk about results wise is there was a little dual match up in Minnesota way where Gustavus and St. John's, as we referred to them earlier. Well, St. John's wins by 17 shots against Gustavus. And by the way, had a guy shoot 70, 72 on the B team. So if you didn't think uh, St. John's could get any better, guess what? They've got another guy who can come in here and one of their guys on the B team tied for first with a guy on the A team. Well, and also their, uh, (laughs) their B team tied with Gustavus's varsity. Correct. Yeah. At, at 597. So, uh, yeah, St. John's is really, really good. Uh, Long Henry ties ties for first with uh, Cress up there uh, for both with St. John's as well as Casty for Gustavus. I don't know if they did a playoff. Uh, you know, I, I, I could, Coach Mo, let us know if if somebody if you guys actually did a playoff or not, or if you just kind of went, yep, everybody tied, kiss your sisters, uh, go home. Uh, yeah. So again, this was. And, and and thanks to Coach Mo up at Gustavus, who literally typed it out in an email to me, saying, "I did <laughs> I did old school math here," um, which which was good. Uh, the good news is, uh, Coach Mo, most of your math checks out. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't go into it too much detail, but Co- Coach Mo can still do math. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this is what we were dealing with this past weekend with coaches literally just putting things in an email. Uh, sending it over to me going, here's the results we got. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think when we, we try to look ahead to, to this coming week, I, I, I can't even pull up the schedules in, <laughs> in spike Mark. So I, you know, I, I'd love to tell you what, what's coming next week. I, I don't know. Um, you know, in a couple of weeks, we've got gate city. That'll be a very big tournament hosted by Greensboro. Um, there's a couple other big events coming out the next week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll do our best to try to kind of share with what there is. Hopefully we get live scoring up and running by the end of this weekend. Um, but Hey, you know, this is kind of the world we're living in. We're going to bring you the results as best we can. Um, but uh, Quinn, thank you for, if, for being on the podcast, your first one. Uh, but with that, I'm going to turn it over to uh, our interview with coach Brian Hearn from Randolph Macon college. All right. Joining us tonight. All the way from Virginia, the head women's golf coach at Randolph-Macon College, Coach Brian Hurd. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Coach Hearn and I go way back to some days back in the SAA, but Coach Hearn is a longtime ODAC guy. He was with Virginia Wesleyan back in the day and uh, coached an individual national champion and uh, it did a lot of great stuff at Virginia Wesleyan, and now he's found his way back to the ODAC as the head women's golf coach at Randolph-Macon College. Uh, so, Coach, you know, how are things looking? Uh, happy to be back in the ODAC? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, couldn't be more excited for 
the direction we're going with with Randolph Macon. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's good to be amongst my peers and and uh, you know we've got some really good coaches in the conference doing a lot of great things and you know it's fun to be a part of it, growing the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, now in your past, you started off as a men's coach, and then you did some men's and women's, and now you're women's. Help my audience just a little bit of of some of the the differences in coaching both the the men and then kind of moving into the women's game. Help us with that that difference in experience. Well, I tell you, you know, the guys are going to hate when I say this, but the girls are a lot more fun. Uh, I mean, the the women are so much more fun to be with and to coach, and uh, and they listen. You know, the the women tend to listen a little bit more, um, but you know, it's. It doesn't matter what you coach. I mean, whether it's the men or the women, um, it, they're just fun to be around, and it's a, it's a fun environment to help these young people grow and, and get the best out, best of themselves. Yeah, it, it definitely keeps you young. But uh, you would not be the first coach that has expressed that it it, it is a lot more fun <laughs> uh, to coach the women. Sometimes the uh, young men take themselves a little too seriously. Uh, Absolutely, <laughs> but. But no, you know, I think uh, you know, you and I have spent a lot of time together in the SAA back in the back in the day. Uh, but you know, as you kind of look forward it, this year, it, four freshmen, two seniors, and a sophomore, from what I can kind of tell, it's yep. going to be a it's going to be a young squad. Tell us a little about kind of what your squad looks like going into this year. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to put the uh, the cart before the horse, but I'm feeling really good about this crew. Um, you know, the, my two seniors that I've got coming back, they have been absolutely fantastic in, in this whole building the program back to, you know, competitiveness. Um, you know, Vivi and, and Emma are what you want your team to be built on when it comes to team players. I mean, they are about each other. And, and you know, every successful team in every championship team you ever see it's it's about that we mentality not that me mentality and to have those girls the last uh two years going into the third year there um i'm excited for them to see the growth and and what we've done together um ellie flincham our sophomore odak rookie of the year last year uh she is stepping into a leadership role um really looking forward to to seeing her uh, mentor and and help these freshmen get acclimated quickly. Um, and then, man, I, I got some heat. I got some heat coming. Uh, I got four really good players. So I'm excited to see what they do. Um, you know, as well, as well as any coach out there, you got to expect the transition going from high school to college. There's always a little transition period. Some players adapt quicker than others. Uh, but it's, um, it's exciting to know what we've got coming in and what they're capable of. Now, how quick we get there, it's a different story, but what they're capable of is, is big things. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited. And, and I, I did, uh, you know, as a, as a original Kentuckian, I, I did notice that you, you did reach out and, and go a little outside the state of Virginia and go get you somebody from Kentucky. Uh, so well, I, was had, a, I was happy to see that. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I've had a lot of luck in Kentucky. Uh, you know, Evan Cox, he was a Kentucky boy. Yeah, that's um, right. Everybody pay attention. They can yep, play golf before, in Kentucky. We don't just play at, basketball. A hundred percent. Before I left center, Riley Suter was a recruiter, a recruit of mine. Yep. Um, and she turned out pretty good, right? I, yeah, I just okay. 
she she <laughs> uh you know she's she she only finished her career at a division one school okay yeah, right that's that's all right uh, but and was a, and, and and when she went d1 she was number one in the country reducing three you know yep. uh yeah so you know going out into kentucky you know the guys there's a the golf academy at persimmon ridge um mm-hmm. out there those guys josh schneider Corey kaufman they do a great job um so anytime i can connect with them and and find a recruit uh through them i just know i'm getting a good player and and alexis holler you know from louisville i grew up in louisville when i was a kid there so uh I'm excited to have her. She's um nicknames two gloves. Okay. So uh right. pretty excited, pretty excited to have her on the team and, and right. we'll be watching. You know, get that get that big blue going. That's right. Uh well, uh so you know, coach, that's interesting. So talk a little bit about sort of how you find uh players. I, I think it's one of the things that my audience kind of talks a lot, asks a lot of questions about. And as we, as I get coaches on kind of this year, one of the things we're going to talk about is how do you find players in, in, in that process of recruitment? Because I think it's one of the mis- more mysterious things out there that people understand what happens in Division One, but that is the 1% of 1%, and the rest of it happens a little differently. Talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, I wish there was a secret, uh, a secret recipe to, to recruitment, um, but you and I both know there's not. I mean... We can go on these recruiting sites like NCSA. Um, it used to be B recruited, but they've merged. Um, and the you know national scouting. You can go on there and look at profiles and, and email you know recruits. But honestly, it's dumb luck. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of it is putting yourself out there and putting yourself in a position to uh, meet new people. Um, you know, Morgan Massat that we've got coming in this year. You know, I was really lucky. Um, to get introduced to her at a tournament. And, you know, I, I'll be real. I, I was watching her. And I'm like, man, this kid is really good. I probably have no shot, but yeah. I'm going to take a shot, you know, yeah. and I got, we got connected with her and, and just a great kid, great player. I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do. Um, you know, other players I've reached out through NCSA, um, you know, my contacts at TGA is how I got Alexis. Um, and then honestly, following on Instagram, and, and and seeing, you know, the career of Mary Catherine, you know, so there's four different directions and ways that I recruited these kids. You know, there's not just one cookie cutter process. Right. Um, I mean, Evan Cox, when I recruited him in Virginia Wesleyan years back, I was just kind of sc- scrolling through. He was a baseball player. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had D he had D one and D two scholarship offers to pitch baseball. And he was like, I just want to play golf. You know, it was just blind luck. <laughs> um, you know, and another player I was when I was at Virginia Wesley, another player I was doing demo days for Taylor Made and Adidas Golf, and I just stumbled upon Hall Rupert on the driving range. <laughs> you know, so I, I there's no right or wrong way of doing it. Um, but if you put yourself out there and, and you go and you watch these kids and you build relationships, I mean that's what it's all about. And and it's a, a lesson that I think that you know it's as there's a lot of parents that listen to the podcast too. It, it's always the there's a coach watching, and in a lot of the tournaments there is a coach there. You just might not know who they are, and they may 100%. not look. They, they may not have a whole bunch of college per- paraphernalia on, or or there's guys like me who can pick up the phone and call and go, "Hey, coach, I uh, I got somebody over here. You might want to yep. come take a look." So. uh but but yeah, absolutely. So thanks for talking about that. But 
looking at your schedule, coach, we, we got a pretty good schedule here. I, I, I've got to tell you, I'm, I might recruit you because I'm going to need a, a download on the Williams tournament. You guys are headed up oh, north. Happy to help. Happy to help. So, yeah, that's um, that's a big emphasis on what I'm, I, I do. Um, you know, I'm a, one of those coaches that believes if you're going to be the best, you got to play against the best, and you've got to go where the best are. Um, I'm really excited about that Williams tournament because, you know, Williams – bless them. They do it the D three way. Like they don't play on the weekdays. They play weekend tournaments. They can't come down unless it's, it falls in spring break. I know Jekyll falls in spring break for them this year. So they will be a Jekyll, but yeah. we don't get to see them at yeah. these Monday, Tuesday events. And so uh, it's exciting for us to be able to go up there and, and play against them as a top five team in the country. Yep. Um, and Amherst, and, by the way, might be better. You're right. Yeah. And uh, you got, and, and I know they've got Pomona Pitzer coming. Ooh. You know, so whoa, so there's whoa. a team. Wait a second, there, right. folks. Hey, take that, take down notes. So, Pomona is coming to Williams, Williams. tournament. Look yep. out, folks! That tournament's got a lot more interesting. A hundred percent. You know, so it's it's exciting to be able to play teams that we don't normally see. Um, you know, because we can go and and I can follow, um, you know, Methodist and and WNL and and play. All the teams in the South. I mean, yep. the D three golf tour, right? That's right. But, but I, I think uh, with the new ranking system and and with everything and, and the growth of women's golf, there's becoming a huge shift. You know, there's no longer, a, and I call it a, a good old boy style of tournament play. Um, you know, you're starting to see more regional action, and I want to get out and play everybody. I want head to heads against the top twenty five teams in the country. It's the best you way know, to measure uh, yourself. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, you know, we, I'm excited. We kind of start out with Bridgewater. You know, I got to give a little love to my ODAC teams. That's right. Um, That's right. And, and honestly, it's good to be close to home. We got a new baby boy here. So I got to stay close to the home for the first event. I hear you. Uh, But uh, that's a good tune up for Williams. Um, Get, Mm -hmm. see what we've got, see where we're going to be, you know, what we can do to measure ourselves. Um, you don't we'll want to get down and south then... and get too much Bermuda before you go up to Williams. There's a lot of rye up there. <laughs> yeah, gonna... exactly. Exactly. Rye, 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 rye rough and uh, bent greens are going to be a little different than when you go south. So you'll you'll be all right. A hundred percent. And then we go to York, you know, uh, in mid October. Um, so I'm excited about that one. Eric's doing a good job with his uh, York team and York program. He's I've seen him a couple times on the recruiting trail uh, this summer, um, and he's kind of become a pain in my rear. <laughs> um, but uh, I, that, I love the guy. That, that's that's coaching for this one of my favorite guys. I keep seeing yeah, him all the it, places. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then you know, finishing up in Rome. You know, another mm-hmm. another great coach down oh, at Barry. You know, good, that'll be a good tournament. Yep, Brian Brian always puts on a good event. Um, it you know the the Chick Fil A and then in Savannah. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you can't pass up those two events. Nope, they're fantastic. Yep. Um, so yeah, the fall, the fall is pretty, pretty tough. And then the spring is going to be even harder. You know, yeah. we're going Savannah, you know, you got a lot of the top teams coming. We're going to be at Jekyll. Um, and then we host one of the top tournaments, uh, in the, in the nation right now. I mean, I've got 15 teams and not nine of the 15 are top 25. There you go. No team is outside of the top 50 from last year. So pretty exciting, pretty exciting yeah. time. You know, I think that's one of the things, and we talked about this in our last interview, um, was about the the continuing depth of the women's game. 
where, yeah. you know, if, if you think back to back when you and I are hanging out together in the SAA, uh, there was basically three or four teams that could win it. Right. And it right. was, it, it changed every once in a while, but it was maybe a handful of teams. It's starting yeah. to get deeper on the women's side. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. And I think if you start to see that, you know, it, it's starting to give us a little bit more of the same feeling that we had maybe 10 or 15 years ago in the men's side, where it was like, Oh, Hey, by the way, uh, other people can play now. And you know, you, you show up to a tournament. It's not a, well, the, one of those two teams is getting the trophy. It's, Hey, whoa, wait a second. Somebody can come up and get you. And so that's exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like you, you mentioned it earlier, Amherst is tough. You know, Williams is tough. Um, NYU is tough. It'd be interesting to see now that Katie's gone, you yeah. know, how the new coach comes in. Are there a lot of coaching shifts this year? Um, you know, center has yeah. got a new coach. Mm-hmm. WNL has got, you know, Jane Hopkinson Wood now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. so I, I think that's interesting too. It's like, yeah, there's been some coaching change. I think, I think the post COVID kind of either pushed some people to say, I'm kind of done doing this. Or got some other people to go do some other things, I think. Um, yeah. The other interesting thing is, you know, you're talking about your four incoming freshmen. I, I talked to other people about their incoming freshmen, and it seems to have been a really good year for Division Three. Oh, there's so many. There's so many good kids. Uh, and, you know, and, and I think, too, I know I push it. Um you know, Lauren Grogan up at, at Denison, she's awesome, too, in, in recruiting. Um, the new Virginia Wesleyan coach, Tom Hall, he's pushing it a lot, too. Uh, that We're getting out of this D1 or bust mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I know these kids are still getting pumped full of it. There are some, you know, uh, recruiting sites and whatnot that really push the D1. But to be honest with you, it, it should be about what's the best fit for you. You know, because there are so many good coaches at the D1, D2, D3 level that can help a player get to the next level of their game that they just have to find the right fit. And I mean, perfect example, Emory, you know, Mm -hmm. Emory's got, heck, they've got five girls that could play it for any D1 team. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, George Fox, the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're getting very, very competitive at the D3 level, but getting the education. Um, And, and I think these girls are starting to, or these, not just girls, but the girls and guys are starting to see that, yeah, I could go pro, but the chances of that are not as great as getting a good education, bettering myself and putting myself in a position to be successful in life. Yeah. And, uh, and those coaches that are doing that are the ones that are top 25 in the country. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's another thing that we talk a lot about even back in my day was, Hey, look, you, you could be on PGA tour, but why don't you come away with a degree and something else that you actually can do that? Because if, in case that long shot doesn't happen, you're, right. you're still in a better place. You know, I've seen a lot of kid, a lot of kids go, "I'm going to be a golf pro, a professional golfer, and I'm going to do this and that, and then chase it, and then kind of end up where like they get done with school because they were at school to do golf, and then golf isn't happening, and they have to go yeah. back to school to figure out what they actually want to go do. So yeah. I think it's one of those things too. And look, we've got some, we've had Division three people all over the world playing professional golf. You know, yeah. uh, I, I played against Chad Collins at Methodist. Chad yeah. was on the PGA tour for a long time. T- T- Tan Lee, who won national championships, has been out there. He's on Corn Ferry tour. We've got Emory guys. There's another Oglethorpe guy here. We've had, you know, Eau Claire guys. We've had Guilford guys. We've, we've had them from all over the country. Oh, yeah. And, and make money playing golf. But to me, I, you know, I, I look at it and go, look, it, 
how, how many how many Georgia guys do we know that are out on the tour? A lot. How many national championships did they win? Right. <laughs> None. Exactly. It's like, huh? What? Yeah. Well, it just shows to show you, man. Like, hey, it it it. You know, and the other thing I tell kids all the time is, look, if if you really want to play professional golf, build your resume. Your resume looks a lot better with two national championships on it at a Division mm-hmm. three level than it. Why well, was the tenth guy on a Division one team? Because right. you're not in the lineup or, and you're not playing. Or what gets me is, you know, a lot of I've seen it too many times where these players will go to a D1 school and just to call themselves a D1 golfer. Mm-hmm. But that D1 school hasn't produced any conference championships, let alone NCAA berths. Right. And then, you know, you have these players, too, that aren't getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, if you. And, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the kids, you know, not just promoting Randolph Macon, but, you know, the coaches out there that are doing the right thing, you know, these players that are getting better every year and you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. you know, all these schools, I mean, I, I talked about Lauren at, at Denison. She's probably got the longest hitters in D3. Oh yeah. I mean, look I mean at those what, girls, if you look at Lauren there, you look at Dan Rogers and Carnegie Mellon, you yeah, see, Dan's you see coaches awesome. who are using technology they're advancing things, you know, swing speed. And in our interview with Coach Rogers, he's talking about a kid showing up uh, with, you know, increasing his mile per hour by 20, 20 miles per hour. Um, 100%. And so, yeah, I, I think that's where it's like, hey, go, go somewhere where you can play, right? And, right. and that's the that, that's the point I always try to bring up is, look, the, you can do whatever you want. Golf is golf because yep. it's yep. the same it's the same golf course. You got to hit it in the fairway. You got to knock it on the green. You got to make a putt. It's right. It's, it's the ultimate meritocracy. So a hundred percent. And the best thing about golf, college golf, there's no draft, right? You know, so you don't have to go to a exactly. power five to, to go professional, <laughs> right? right? Nope. Nope. It's all on you. Yep. Um, and I think kids too, don't understand the lifestyle of a, of a golf pro mm. of a, 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 a tour player. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you look at Justin Thomas tweeted the other day, he's like 40,000 miles traveled. Yep. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you're not spending a lot of time at home. So if you're okay with that life, go for it. But yep. you got to do that with no money before you can get to where Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and those guys are, right? Yep. Yep. I had a lot of guys who went and tried to do the mini tour thing and then just kind of went like, nah, I just, I got to have a life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 100%. But, well, Coach, look, I think it's exciting. Give us a little preview. Who do we think from the ODAC? You know, give me a little ODAC women's preview. Come on, tell me. Come on, tell me what's going on. I know you guys do preseason rankings. Come on, give me a little taste of what's going on in the ODAC this year. Who's going to be good? Uh, Who should we watch out for? Man, I tell you, um, I I will have to say we're the sleeper. Okay, good. You know, I, I want to. I, I will. I will count us as the sleeper team. You know. Um, I think Mike Viverka at Lynchburg is doing great things there. He's got, I know he's got a, a young freshman coming in on the women's side. That's she's, she's going to be good. Um, and you know, he's got some senior leadership, the, the Emily's they're phenomenal. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what they bring to the table and we'll see a lot of them in the fall. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what coach Wood does at, at WNL, you know, Um, she does, she, she did a good job, you know, taking over at center when I left and, um, you know, now she's got WNL, which is a different, it's kind of like the same bird, but a little bit different at WNL. And, 
Um, but she's got a good mentor there and Pete, Pete's going to you know help guide her. And he's a heck of an assistant to the women's side. Um, so those girls are always tough. I mean, I think WNL is probably still a slight favorite and I'm going to say slight favorite because okay. we, you know, the ODAC's just getting tougher. Mm. Um, I would say, you know, those, you never know with John Rogers at Bridgewater. He's always got a trick up his sleeve. He's <laughs> always got some, some girls that come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Um, and that you Hampton know, Sydney like, crew, that Hampton Sydney always seems to kind of pop up every once in a while too. True. On the men's side, I would say, um, I, actually, on the men's side, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the go ahead to Lynchburg. Oh, um, okay. And, right. and I mean, he's got he's got two guys that came from Guilford that transferred mm-hmm. when Adam left. That's right. Um, so you know they're stacked. Um, you know, Randolph Macon, uh, Jay's got a few young young guys coming in that I think mm-hmm. will make an impact. Um, obviously, you know, WNL, I think took a hit losing a couple guys, but Pete always finds a way to reload. Yeah, but they'll be all right. They, they I, I hear yeah. that they've got a, I heard they got at least one freshman coming in. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to tip my hat to Lynchburg. I think okay. Mike's been doing a heck of a job. He's been recruiting heavy. Now he's got the same, he's got the same challenges that I've got this year and that he and his wife are, are, are due any day now. So. <laughs> Um, juggling nah, a baby right. and, and juggling the golf yeah, it's called season, perspective it's be, coach it's called exactly. perspective it's all good exactly usually good it's look at john awesome. rom had a baby yep. wins a major like all, all those things are like all, all good things all I right like coach, look, oh. this is the uh this is the time in the podcast when we uh i give you a chance to kind of pitch randolph macon coming to randolph macon and, and playing playing golf if i'm a if i'm a young female golfer out there you know pitch me pitch me coming to randolph macon in ashland virginia Ooh. Coming to Randolph, Megan, and Ashland, Virginia, there's nothing like it. Small town community, community feel, um, just great people. Um, but even better, we're we're rising. We're we're on the hunt. Um, I'm not I'm not here to just be a coach to run through the motions. I'm recruiting the best of the best and and want great players and not just great players, but great people. Um, we, you know, as time progresses, you'll see we're building things. I mean, we're we're getting there. Um I don't like getting my teeth kicked in. So I want competitive players. Right. Um, and we have fun. You know, we are a family. I know it's cliche. I know you hear that on a lot of teams, but truth of the matter is, you know, we live it. Um, my girls will tell you when it, when it comes down to it, we care about each other and we take care of each other. Um, and that to me is one of the most important things. Folks, uh, sign me up, coach. Uh, here we go. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm coming to Ashland, Virginia. It's got to be a lot uh, cooler than it is where I am. It's 112 <laughs> at some point in time today. Uh, I was I was caddying out, out there earlier today in the junior golf ranks and uh, uh, doing what I could do. But, uh, well, coach, thanks for coming on the podcast, and uh, we really appreciate it. Good luck to you this season. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah.